I was a young mom, three kids still at home. There's just all these things that were feeling so right. <laughs> and then three days before Christmas, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, I just derailed. Vivian Mabuni was facing the pain of surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, as well as the uncertainty of how it would all turn out. And yeah, it was soul altering for me. For the next few minutes, Vivian is going to take us along on her difficult journey through cancer and the unexpected ways God used her pain to open new doors. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. When she got her cancer diagnosis, Vivian had to face her own mortality in a whole new way. Billy Graham has an important word about facing your mortality a little later in this episode. The Bible says in Amos 4.12, prepare to meet thy God. That is the greatest and most searching of all of God's commands. Prepare to meet God. You don't want to miss the rest of what Billy Graham has to say about preparing to meet God. You can also learn more about it at this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Hey, there's one more thing we want to tell you about before we get into Vivian's story, and that's a new podcast from Sissy Graham Lynch. Sissy is Billy Graham's granddaughter and Franklin Graham's daughter. Her podcast is called Fearless with Sissy Graham Lynch. She talks about taking a bold stand for Christ in a culture that is not always very friendly toward Christianity and how to do that with grace and compassion. You can find Fearless wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for the title, which again is Fearless with Sissy Graham Lynch. And one more thing to note, Sissy spells her name C-I-S-S-I-E. G-P-S. God. People. Stories. So I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, one of a few, a handful really, of Asian Americans during that time, and I grew up in a culturally Buddhist home. When Vivian says culturally, what she's communicating there is that her family practiced certain Buddhist traditions, but the Buddhist religion wasn't part of her everyday life. And you could say Vivian only saw cultural Christianity in the lives of her classmates. They called themselves Christians, but they didn't live out their faith until, all of a sudden, one of Vivian's friends changed in a very noticeable way. I went to school and sat next to a friend in my math class during high school, and she just started glowing. It was so notable that I stopped and I asked her, what happened to you? Like, did you become a vegetarian? And so then she explained, no, I became a Christian. And I asked, like, what does that mean? You go to church now? And she goes, oh, no, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. My heart just sunk. I just thought, oh, no, like, how could you be duped into believing this mythology? And, you know, Christians are so narrow minded and hypocritical. And how could you how could you fall for this? 
I love how Vivian thought the change in her friend might have been because she became a vegetarian. But anyway, as the days and weeks went by, Vivian couldn't deny that her friend had really changed for the better. She literally just had a very different disposition. And having seen her before becoming Christian and knowing, you know, she was funny and witty, but she just had a change even in her character and how she responded to people who were hurtful. I think I saw her, you know, believing and praying and then seeing God answer her prayers. I mean, it really was, I, you know, we would have these long conversations about God and what she was learning in the Bible. And it just was vibrant and personal. These conversations had such an impact on Vivian, she decided she wanted to become a Christian too. She made the decision the summer before her junior year of high school, but things did not go the way she had hoped. I drove myself to the mall and bought a Bible and tried to read it and didn't make any sense. You know, I flipped through the pages and there were all these measurements of this temple and these long names of kings that I couldn't pronounce. And it just didn't seem to make any difference in my life. And I tried in my best way that I knew how to be a Christian. I would drive myself by myself to church and I would cry through the worship songs and then I would drive home. And then, you know, I became increasingly frustrated, to be honest, because the more that I tried to live the Christian life in my own effort, the more I experienced failure. And I pretty much was ready to ditch my faith I had tried everything and figured, you know, it's just another phase I'm going through, you know, music, God, you know, all that as a teenager. Just when she was about to give up, something terrible happened. At least Vivian thought it was terrible at the time. My dad goes through midlife crisis and he buys the sports car and then, you know, a few months later comes back with a perm (laughs) and then he, um, comes back then with the news right before my senior year of high school that our family was going to move from Boulder, Colorado to Hong Kong. And um, it just took the wind out of my sails. I was so mad at everything and everyone. And they literally had to drag me with my nails, like gripping onto the ground as I boarded the airplane. You know, I just, I was trying to figure out any way that I could stay and, It was so, I grew up speaking Mandarin Chinese at home, but in Hong Kong, they speak Cantonese, which is same Chinese characters, but completely different pronunciation. So there, I couldn't even communicate. Um, And so it really was a shock to my system. And I, I was angry. As awful as it was at first, the move to Hong Kong was a turning point in Vivian's walk with God. I remember sitting in Hong Kong on my bed and having one of those prayers where I just was really honest with God. And I just said, I am so mad at you. But in my heart of hearts, I really want to know you. I need a church. I need a youth group. I need some Christian friends. And if you do that, I'll give you my whole life. I'll hold nothing back. And so I think for me in my relationship with the Lord, it wasn't until I surrendered and I prayed, you know, I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll hold nothing back. That that's when my faith actually became activated. Vivian had seen God answer her friend's prayers back in Colorado. In Hong Kong, she saw God answer her prayers. I got involved with debating 
at my school because it was in English. <laughs> so, and it was shortly after that, that this boy from a boy's school came up to me and literally looked at me and said, are you a Christian? And I was like, yes. Said, Would you like to come to our youth group? And I was like, yes. And so it turned out that there was a Christian Missionary Alliance church that was down the street from my school, walking distance from our flat in Hong Kong. And there was the first place I was discipled, learned to study the scriptures with a group of believers who lived what they believed. And uh, I'm just so grateful every day for that church, the youth group, the friends that I made. Before long, it was time for Vivian to go to college. She decided to go back home to the University of Colorado. Her youth pastor in Hong Kong told her to find a Christian group on campus right away. And one of the groups he mentioned was Campus Crusade for Christ. Today, they're known as Crew. And I plugged into Crew day one, and I was a marketing major, but I, I look back and I think I majored in ministry and I minored in marketing. So I just... I loved everything I did on campus, learning to, you know, walk by faith and disciple people and, you know, share my faith. All of that was so thrilling and exhilarating, uh, seeing God use me in the lives of other people to help them walk with God. So I graduated and then asked my parents, you know, they're still seeing that this is a phase that's kind of going a little bit longer. But I said, can I just do this crew staff thing for a couple years? And then I could always go to law school afterwards and we can just reevaluate. And so um, that two years turned to 30. 30 years with crew and Vivian is still going strong. Of course, a lot has happened over the past three decades of life. For one thing, Vivian got married. She met Darren during a summer mission with crew in the Philippines in 1990. They tied the knot in 1991, and Vivian moved to Southern California, where Darren was already working with crew on the campus of UCLA. Vivian and Darren had three children, two boys and a girl, as they served together, working to reach Asian Americans with the love of Jesus Christ. Life was good and very full. And then everything came to a standstill. We're going to jump now to December 2008. Vivian's young children are excited about celebrating Christmas, which is just a few days away. But Vivian is thinking about something else. She's thinking about the lump she found on her breast and waiting for test results. I was a young mom, three kids still at home, and at the time really felt like I was as in shape as I had been, like I, I was running three to four miles every other day. And, you know, all three kids were in school all day. And I was kind of, you know, started seminary, uh, working on my master's in Bible exposition. I mean, there's just all these things that were feeling so right. <laughs> and then three days before Christmas, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, I just derailed. For the next year, Vivian battled cancer, surgery, chemo, radiation, pain, nausea, grief. It put her faith to the test. It's important to mention something God showed Vivian before her diagnosis. She was leading a women's Bible study, and one of the women in the group mentioned a friend who was known as the Asian Martha Stewart. Well, the story resonated deeply with Vivian. One of the women shared about this woman that lived in Irvine, and they called her the Asian Martha Stewart because her home was always immaculate, and she always looked so put together, and so did her kids, and the food she made was so incredible. I mean, her life was flawless. And then this woman was diagnosed with breast cancer, and when people found out, they wanted to help. And she just, you know, not a believer, and in 
you know, as part of Asian culture, you don't want to rock the boat or, you know, be trouble to people. So she just refused all the help. She goes, no, I'll take care of it myself. And so she started going through her treatment, lost her hair. She could not hold her perfect world together. And then tragically, this woman took her own life. And um, she left behind two kids and a husband. And I heard that story. And we were sitting in a food court. And it was like everything froze where God had my complete attention. And it was like, you know, Vivian, you do not even know this woman, this Asian Martha Stewart, but you are just like her. You like to be the strong one. You like to um, help others, but you have a difficult time receiving and receiving help from others. And I kind of just nodded my head and I made a promise to the Lord. I just said, God, I purpose right here, right now, if anything like this ever happens to me, I will let people in. And so this was October and it changed everything because when I received that diagnosis, I had already promised God that I would allow community to come and do cancer together. And I, I really feel like that changed everything. Vivian truly let others in as she battled cancer. And one of the ways she did that was through a blog. Her husband had been telling her for a long time that she should start a blog. Well, the cancer diagnosis was the catalyst that finally led her to do it. And so I would write on the blog and it was honestly, it was like holy ground. I felt like it was a place where I was processing what I was learning with regards to my relationship with God without having to put a bow on the end or end with a happy verse. It was just very raw and real. And these different stories would come to mind and I would write about it and share. And apparently it was blessing a lot of people. Here's part of an entry from January 2nd, 2009. Vivian wrote... I was having difficulty holding back tears in the waiting room as the reality of surgery started setting in. One of the nurses came out to give us some tea and coffee, and she looked me in the eyes and said, The Lord is with you. He is going to see you through this. God showed up again and again in the midst of Vivian's fear and pain, often through people like that nurse and others who took care of Vivian and her family. And Vivian's faith ultimately grew stronger as she learned to trust God throughout her ordeal. There's no right way to do cancer or any other difficulty that we walk through. But I believe that God is not threatened by our anger or our honesty. I do think that He is near to comfort us as we draw near to Him. And I have friends who have walked through hard times where they've just been shaking their fist at God. And I think God is totally fine with us being where we're at. But I think we can determine sometimes our posture of, you know, I will still trust you, God. Nothing makes sense right now, but I'm still going to cling to you because I need you because I'm desperate. I think the Lord meets us and is pleased and delights to meet us in our pain. And I think I think about um, when my oldest son was about a year and a half old, um, he cut right above his eye, you know, dancing around a coffee table and I had to take him to the emergency room to get his first stitches. And I sat there trying to hold him still and, you know, seeing him scared and in pain and, you know, the, the numbing shot didn't work. So he had to get another one and just, he was so scared. And I remember thinking I would take a thousand stitches for him to not have to take a single one. And I love my son so much. And I realized after, as I was reflecting that that's exactly the Lord, that he would rather die than live without us. And he took 
the thousand stitches so that I wouldn't have to take any. Um, and that he takes no pleasure in our pain. And I just realized that God is near and he is so, so close in the darkest times. After a year of cancer treatment, Vivian's doctors declared her to be in remission. My oncologist said, you know, we really can't ever really state that you're cancer-free until the day you actually die, which could be 60 years from now. So you're always just called in remission. So learning to even hold that tension, like I, as far as I know, there's no cancer. I still go see my oncologist every six months. I'm still on medication to block estrogen. That's just part of my new normal. But I love, you know, when you get the report back that it says no evidence of disease, NED. Those are you know, the best letters ever. Aside from growing in her faith, something else came out of Vivian's cancer journey. She became a writer, a published author, actually. It started with that blog we mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Over and over, I kept hearing, gosh, it would be so great if you could turn this into a book. And I'm like, I, I'm not a writer. And as God would have it, you know, he brought the right people at the right time. And I received a message from um, an editor at a publishing house asking if I had a book proposal because an author I had never met in Michigan had somehow read my blog and forwarded it to her. So it was like completely backwards. You know, I didn't have a literary agent. It was just this request from an editor. So it was just the Lord flinging open these doors of opportunity and me needing to muster up, you know, a little bit of faith to try to take that next step and walk through the doors. The title of that first book is Warrior in Pink, A Story of Cancer, Community, and the God Who Comforts. It came out in 2014, and Vivian just released a second book called Open Hands, Willing Heart, Discover the Joy of Saying Yes to God. More about that book in just a minute, but first we want to let Vivian share something she has learned through her battle with cancer and the new calling that emerged because of it. God doesn't waste anything. In his economy, nothing is wasted. Not only our gifting and our birth order and our strengths, but also the hardest things we walk through, the pains that we've experienced, the mistakes we've made, or even the harm others have inflicted on us, that in God's economy, nothing is wasted. And I'm tasting a little bit of that in this season of my life. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Vivian just said, God doesn't waste anything. And maybe those are words you need to hear today. Or maybe you just need to know God is with you as you go through your own battle. We want to invite you to visit findpeacewithgod.net to learn how to invite Jesus into your life and into whatever you're walking through right now. God loves you and he wants to be right there with you. That website again is findpeacewithgod.net. Stay with us. In just a minute, Vivian will share some insight on learning to let go of our own plans and trust God with our lives. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. 
The Bible says in Amos 4.12, prepare to meet thy God. That is the greatest and most searching of all of God's commands. Billy Graham. Prepare to meet God. And before a man can prepare to meet God, his heart must be right. God will never accept anyone into the kingdom of heaven whose heart isn't right. And I want to ask you tonight, is your heart right? God searches the heart. The Bible says he ponders the heart. Proverbs 21.2. He ponders the heart. I beg of you tonight, if the Spirit of God is even whispering to you that you give your life to Christ before it's too late. There must be a self-emptying. There must be a self-crucifixion. There must be a repenting of sin. There must be receiving Christ who died on the cross for our sins. Wouldn't you like to have Christ tonight who can forgive the past, give you joy and peace in the present, and change your life for the future? He can do it if you let him. How would you like to hear the rest of that message? It's from Billy Graham's historic 1957 crusade in New York City. You can find it online at the Billy Graham Audio Archives. All you need to do is go to this website, billygrahamradio.org, and then look for the archives. Once you're there, search for the title, which is Heart Disease. Again, billygrahamradio.org, click on the archives, and then search for Heart Disease. Vivian Mabuni has been our guest on this episode of GPS. Vivian has worked with the Christian ministry crew for 30 years. Now she travels around speaking and sharing her story. And as we mentioned, she's now an author. Her new book, Open Hands, Willing Heart, is about surrendering to God, something many of us struggle to do. Most Christians, I think, really do want to live surrendered. I think that they for the most part, desire to do so. I think in my own life, where I start to grip on and try to control, often if I peel it all away and I look at what's at the core, I often am not trusting a certain aspect of God's character. Like I either don't think that he's all powerful or that he even knows what's going on or that he's good and that he loves me. And so that's where I start to grip and where he's calling me to let go, I think really begins first and foremost with having an accurate picture of who God is. And that's why I think as we spend time in the scriptures, reading and studying God's character, what he loves, what he hates, his responses, his his heart, uh, I think that that helps us more to be able to let go. And for those of us that have walked with God for any number of time, the times we have let go, we've seen him come through. And so there's a track record of God's faithfulness when we have chosen to trust him. And I think that we can draw from that, but it doesn't make this next decision of trust any easier in the sense that it still requires, you know, a yielding and a willingness and a laying down of our will. What a joy Vivian Mabuni is. We want to thank her for sharing her story with us on this episode of GPS. And we certainly want to thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.